Ladies and gentlemen, dreamers and doers, seekers of purpose and fulfillment, welcome to Passion on Purpose, the podcast that sets your soul on fire and ignites the spark within you. I'm your host, Steph Hilfer, and I'm beyond thrilled you're here. Passion on Purpose features leaders, experts, and sometimes me on center stage. We put the spotlight on visionaries, entrepreneurs, leaders, experts, and everyday heroes to share their journey of self-discovery, enthusiasm, and unwavering determination. We'll explore how they use their passion and purpose to fuel their brand. Alongside our leaders, we'll provide practical tips, actionable advice, and wisdom from our experts across various fields. So if you're ready to unleash your inner fire, shake off the doubts and insecurities, and pursue a life of purpose with unbridled enthusiasm, then let's dive in. Okay, guys, thank you so much for being back for another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast. Today, we have me, Steph, on center stage, and I am coming to you to debunk some of the, dare I say, lessons that I have been taught or was taught when I was a young girl, and some that Um, I continue to debunk, um, and some that just maybe weren't, I don't even need to be debunked. They just needed to be reframed. Um, I told several of you that today's episode would be about some of the lessons that I've learned from my most recent clients launch of their brand and website. And this is still very in alignment with that, but the more and more I went into this topic, the more I realize that it's not just this one client. It is truly where we lead our clients through the branding work we do. It is truly where our the world and business and consumer behavior is at today. And so it's super valuable. I believe this is going to be a super valuable lesson for you guys. It's definitely going to be more on the branding world side of things. But hang in here because turns out everything I'm sharing is going to be very applicable to you, whether you are a business owner, whether you are a consumer, uh, whether you're a personal brand or corporate brand, this is going to be very good information. So um, what I want to start with is sharing that when I was a young girl, I had a lot of individuals in my life, uncles, aunts, uh, friends of the family. I'm talking young girl, like I was six, seven, 10, 12, right? very impressionable ages. And these individuals in my life were very, I was super impressionable by them. Like they were so inspiring. Uh, They had so much clout because my parents looked up to them in such way. Uh, And I don't, this is probably weird, but even then as a young girl, I looked to what they were doing uh, as business owners, as career professionals. And I just, I wanted to emulate it. I saw it as something that was very attractive and powerful. And even back then when I was a young girl, I knew that that was something I aspired for. So one of the, there was probably lots of lessons that I could pull from and maybe I will, but one that was really sitting heavy on my heart around my most recent client's launch and all of the work we put forth towards that was The idea that there is no place for emotions in business. And so the first thing that I wanted to debunk is that idea that there is no room for emotion in business. 
So the first thing that I want to debunk is, first of all, that's not the full quote. So I'm going to probably butcher the name, but Frederick Dernmatt is who originally is quoted to say that quote. And the full quote is, emotions have no place in business unless you do business with them. And so there's a lot of quotes um, in life that tend to be shortened and then used like stats to benefit one agenda or another. And so I think it's really important when you at any stage in life, in business, are hearing these quotes to help you, quotes or facts or opinions, even mine, that are meant to sway you in one direction is to just really do your own fact finding and digging and really dive deep into the intentionality behind that quote. Hi, Vanette. So happy you're on. Um, I'm just going to pivot here because I'm so happy that we do these live. Vanette is my aunt and she has inspired me all of my life because she is a phenomenal businesswoman. She all, all of my life has ran her own business, her own company, has inspired and has groomed and has employed humans um, and has just done a phenomenal job. And I've always looked up to her in that way. So the fact that you're on today, Vanette, I love it. Thank you so much for being on. You were definitely one of the persons I'm talking about who was influential to me as a young girl and even still today. So um, back on track, when we're talking about there is no room for emotion in business, remember that the full quote is, emotions have no place in business unless you do business with them. And so the next thing is in every aspect of business, thank you, um, in every aspect of business, we deal with humans and humans have emotions. Humans are emotions. Um, and so trying to simplify that quote that there is no room for emotions in business, it really eliminates the core thing that is business, which is humans. Now I know we're going into this world of AI um, and I can be bold and right now say that, you know, AI still does need to exist with humans. Uh, and I can say that with a smirk on my face, knowing that we are teetering on an incredibly crazy path along what that really looks like, but that's for a different episode for sure. Um, but at this point in time, all business is centered around, around humans and humans are emotions. So the moment that we eliminate this element that is part of humans, when that is exactly businesses are ran by humans, businesses are for humans, right? What, no matter what your business is, are you not ser serving humans? Are you not selling to humans? Are you not leaning on humans for that business to be successful? And so to eliminate this idea that there's no space for emotion in business, it's just counterproductive. It's counterintuitive. It doesn't even make sense. It's just mathematically. <laughs> humans equal emotions. Humans equal business. You need them both. So um, I've always really thought about that idea whenever I've felt pressed. Because I will say some of those influential individuals in my life are still in my life. And I've had been challenged on the same topic in recent years to kind of go back into that. What I'm going to say is the smaller version of me and believe it. 
And I'm here to say I don't. I, I don't. I keep going back to these thoughts that I'm sharing with you today to reinforce that there is absolutely place for emotion in business. Not only is there place for it, but it is the catalyst of where business is moving, it, it, where it is today, where it has been moving to for a long time. And there's no way around it. So um, the next point is that when we recognize that you cannot take the human out of business, therefore you cannot eliminate the emotion out of business. Now we have this power to use that emotion to our advantage. Now, when people say use, you know, use emotions, use people, use humans, right? I am not speaking in the negative way of where we are uh, in a ill intent way using people, but in a very intentional way, we use emotions to convey to the humans within our business, both those who are internally in business with us, those that we hire, those that run the business, and in externally in business who we are attracting to to uh, purchase our products or service, to be a loyal customer, to be a fan of our brand. When we play on and use emotion, then what we can do is control the narrative of who we're bringing into our world. And what I mean by that is if my world, let's just use me as an example. Those who are not attracted to somebody who geeks out about branding or geeks out about silly things like the color of a straw on a, at a fast food restaurant, um, who is enthusiastic about things and brings this energy and this positivity to all of the things that he or she does. Somebody who is not attracted to that, doesn't want to be around that, isn't emotionally connected to that, will naturally be repelled to a brand that emotes that, that emits that into their external marketing and branding and, and also breathes that in their internal marketing. Um, I see that there's a couple people here. So um, on top of who we've already said is here. So please chime in on the podcast or excuse me, chime in on the comments so that I know you're here so I can chat with you. Um, so when we remember that emotions are going to be there, now we can use those emotions to both eat, both repel and the most powerful thing is to attract. And so when we know that we have a brand um, that is very heavy on empowerment, and we know that the more we bleed empowerment and talk about empowerment and tap into the emotional side, hey, Amy, thank you, tap into the emotional side of our brand, the more we know we are naturally attracting those who agree, who align, who connect with those same emotions. Because going back to what I said at the first point, we cannot eliminate the human in our business. Therefore, we cannot eliminate the emotion of humans. So attracting and repelling intentionally, using that within your messaging, your visuals, the um, photography you use, the type of products you put out. When you do those things intentionally, keeping emotion top of mind, you are Dare I say you are clairvoyant, you are tapping into this psychic aspect that so many of our generations before us, um, and I, I'm using myself as an example, right? Because 
I don't think I'm alone that we all had a great uncle who was super busy, business savvy when we were crying because our boss told us we didn't do something right, that they told us, hey, there's no place for emotions in business. I can't imagine that I'm alone in that. So I know that they're, the generations before me and the generation before that generation truly believed this. We wouldn't have so many quotes. We wouldn't have so much over so much to overcome if that wasn't true. So um, back on this idea that we um, that there is no room for business, excuse me, there is no room for emotion in business, is I just want to repeat that using emotion to attract and repel is at your advantage. And that is something that you want to work in to your core branding immediately, now, yesterday, tomorrow, call me, let's do it because it is so powerful. So the other thing that I wanted to debunk, the second thing that I wanted to debunk is another great quote. And the quote is, it's business. Leave your feelings at the front door. So a lot of what I just shared with the previous quote is going to apply to this quote as well. And the key things that I want to talk about is that level of attracting and repelling is very important internally as well. So in the previous subject about leaving emotions out the door, we were talking about attracting like clients, attracting leads, attracting people who want to buy our products and service. Here, when we're talking about leaving your feelings at the front door, what we're, what people are losing sight of is the power of using that attraction method, those emotional attractions for internal purposes as well. So um, we just went through the last three years we have gone through and we're still in one of the, well, for my lifetime, a huge labor crisis, an incredible um, challenge with not just labor being available, but also labor being up to par. Um, labor being willing to work and do the job <laughs> to simply show up. Um, we have a whole generation that is struggling to get out into the workforce and support the economy in the way we need it. And so when we talk about it's business, leave your feelings at the front door. And I'm telling you here, we have this opportunity to use, to negate that and to say, don't leave your feelings at the front door. I want you to bring those feelings through the front door. Not only are you going to bring those feelings through the front door, I want you to recognize that I share those feelings with you. Now, the way that we do that internally for hiring purposes is that all of which we speak and preach about how enthusiastic we are and intentional we are and excellent we are, we preach that to people we want to buy our products and services. But we also need to attract that and hire for individuals who believe those same things, who innately feel that those same emotions and those same characteristics and those same values are important to them as well. Um, when you ask somebody to leave your feelings at the front door, what you are doing is you are saying, I'm expecting you to dehumanize yourself. We've already established that as a human, you have emotions. You can't really take those apart. We're asking you to dehumanize yourself, which is in reality not possible outside. I know people are going to listen and say outside of, you know, the hardcore military and other government type agencies that do dehumanize people. Um, we won't 
totally different topic. We're not going to dive into that. But on the typical brands and corporate and personal brands that you are making exchanges with, we can't ask a new hire to dehumanize themselves and and push away those feelings that exist. Instead, we want to capitalize on those emotions and attract people and hire people who share the same ones as us. If we value integrity and we value uh, creativity and we value professionalism, but yet somebody walks in the door, we tell them, you're not allowed to tell me your emotions. I just am going to tell you the task that I need you to do, the checklist you better, you know, complete by the end of the day, and you better bring your skill set to me and it better match what I need you to do. What we've lost is the opportunity to reinforce our value system internally so that every single step of a, a consumer's journey is aligned with what we preach externally. I hope that makes sense. Um, and so when you hire, there's a phenomenal quote, um, Simon Sinek, you will hear me quote him probably in some way on every show, I am sure. Um, a great quote from Simon Sinek's TED Talk all about, well, the TED Talk's just too many places to summarize where he goes. But when you hire solely based on skill, people will work for the money. When you hire people who believe what you believe, they will work for you with blood, sweat, and tears. So again, when we talk about it's business, you leave your feelings at the front door. Do you want someone who is going to be skilled and work for you for the money? Or do you want someone who believes what you believe and will walk through that front door with those feelings on their chest proudly like a shield and will work for you for blood, sweat, and tears? It's funny. This is not, this was not in my little agenda here that I am following, but it's funny because I'm getting emotional talking about this subject of emotions. And it's one of the um, things that I put in earlier here is listening to my elders who were giving me advice and sharing uh, these ideas of leaving emotions at the side um, and pressing those to the side and just focusing on the work. I remember being really defeated as a young girl because some of those emotions that I was feeling, you know, because I, like I said, some of these emotions that I was expressing or feeling were coming after a moment of discipline, a moment of, oh, you didn't do the job right, or um, this isn't what I wanted, or it doesn't look as good as I had hoped, or I'm, because I'm still learning, right? I'm in this place of my career where I'm still learning these things. But yet the emotions that I was being asked to press down were, the, the emotions I were feeling was I wasn't feeling, I was feeling enthusiastic. I cared. I was driven. I was wanting to exude every ounce of excellence that I had in me. And I was being so intentional with everything that I do. But then those feelings, instead of having that welcomeness to express that that's where, what I was doing was channeled through, I was being told to press those down. Um, and to just recognize you just didn't meet the mark, do it again. Um, and so, and I say all that to say, I, I have to just share a little caveat. I had phenomenal employers. I can, I am so blessed to say that I didn't have a single employer who ever made me feel small, who didn't give me constructive criticism, who handled any negative feedback with grace. I always had phenomenal employers. So I, I don't want to paint the picture 
otherwise, but it doesn't take away the emotional side of me as a human still, still feeling that now these emotions that I have internally of care and excellence and intention and enthusiasm and drive were, were met with a negative emotion. And so I just think it's really powerful to point out that even internally, when we are asking our team to leave their emotions at the front door, your guidance and the way you're trying to improve your internal team is actually suffering when you're asking them to push that, push that away. Um, okay. So in addition to that, uh, we've talked about internal brand and marketing, right? Aligning what you are externally preaching as what you value and what you believe in and what emotions you prioritize mirror that internally as well. Mirror that on how you hire. Ask for those questions. Cater your questions, not just around skill set, but cater them around people's true belief systems and things that are innate to them. And don't ask them to leave them at the front door. The other thing is when we're talking about feelings, and this I'm telling you 100% is just my opinion. I should probably like go into the Google world and do some research here. But um, When we talk about leaving your feelings at the front door, one of the biggest places I've seen this met in business is around the idea of performance. And someone will ask, well, how do you, you know, what about our numbers last month? You know, they were lower than, lower than the month before. So tell me about that. Why aren't, why aren't we performing? And when you meet a question like that, that's around data and performance and you lead with, well, I feel like that's going to be met with resistance because feelings when it comes to data is where I feel like we don't leave them at the front door because they're very important to the data. But what we do recognize is that making decisions based on feelings and emotions instead of using data and tracking performance with numbers. That is where I do, I do agree with that quote, is that we need to leave that to the side. You need to recognize that feeling like next month's going to be a better performance month or feeling like, well, we didn't do this great this month because I feel like people weren't happy with the product. That's where feelings is going to get in your way. That's where you really need to recognize that you need to set those feelings aside and instead prioritize how do we put data to emotion? How do we put data to consumer's behavior? How do we put data to the type of people we're attracting? How do we put data, numbers, figures around these feelings instead of just blank slate using them? And I think in my experience and in my career, I have had opportunities where I've had to explain performance and I've used the words feel or emotion, or I feel like, and I was immediately met with resistance. And I think that is where I have learned that you need to tap into quantifying emotions when it comes to performance, data, and growth for a business. So I wanted to point that out. So um, third, the third thing that, I don't know if this is necessarily debunking, Um, debunking this concept, but I do want to talk about just 
the change in consumer behavior from now, today, 2023, to 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So the way that consumer consumer behavior has changed is also changing because of the way that we as consumers can shop. So back in 50 years ago, 50 years? Yeah. When did all of a sudden I feel like I said 50 decades? 50 years ago, um, consumers would go to the local market to buy their buy their groceries. They would go to the main street pharmacy to buy their pharmacy to get their uh, permit excuse me, their medications, and they'd go to the corner shoe store to buy their shoes. Why? Because they were the options that were at their disposal. They were the local market, the corner shoe store, and Main Street Pharmacy. That's what we had at our disposal, and that's what we were limited to, to shop. So 50 years ago, these ideas of emotions and ties weren't as prominent because we simply had to shop based on where we had things available. Now, today, what do I have in my hand? Fancy little phone that at the touch of my fingertip, I can shop anywhere in the world. No longer am I limited to that corner store to buy my shoes. No longer do I have to even go into a pharmacy to get my medications. Same thing with the market. I no longer have to go to the local grocery store. I have six local, I have 17,000 that can deliver to me. Um, There are limitless possibilities on where consumers now can shop. And so when we talk about consumer behavior, where they can shop and where this whole topic is around emotions, how does that come into play? Because humans now at the touch of their fingertips can make their own decision on where to shop, we now need to look at how are they making decisions. So again, learning from and quoting the amazing Simon Sinek, one of the things that he preaches and talks about so powerfully is tapping into our emotional side, our why, our our intentionality of our own our own needs as well as our needs that we provide as a business. And that aligns beautifully with the way that our brain works. So there are multiple parts of our brain and there are three parts of our brain. The first part of our brain is our homo sapien brain. And the homo sapien brain controls all of our what type facts. What is it? What does it do? What's the size? What are the facts, the figures? What are the analytical things that this product or service tells me about. That's what their homo sapien brain is absorbing and learning about. And the second part of the brain is our limbic brain. Now our limbic brain is where we can control and where we absorb feelings, thoughts, trust, loyalty, emotions. And the fantastic, beautiful thing that aligns beautifully with everything we've been sharing is that the limbic brain has no capacity for language. The limbic brain, which controls our emotions, has no capacity for language. Our homo sapien brain, where we learn facts, figures, we can absorb language, we understand language, that is doing one job. It is our limbic brain that is actually telling us, oh, I feel good about this decision. I feel like I wanna buy this. Um, Simon even says, sometimes when you don't know why you want to buy something and you just say, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. That's because your limbic brain is 
can't muster up any better word because it doesn't control the part of the brain that controls language to get you to recognize that something doesn't line up. Something here and that something is emotions. That something here is the feelings, the trust, the loyalty that your brain needs to feel in order to make that purchase decision. So when we're thinking about consumer behavior, you have a product, a service, and you want people to buy it in groves. You want people to flock to you to buy your product and service. You have to break outside of the facts and the figures and just telling people what it is. You have to tap into their emotional side and align with their emotional side so that they have trust in you, so that they understand what it does for them, how it taps into their emotional needs and how you fulfill those needs. Um, and so I wanted to touch on those three things. I know this is a little bit of a longer show, um, but I wanted to touch on those three things and I wanted to talk about how you can apply these ideas um, and lessons to your personal corporate brand and your consumer behavior, right? You, every single one of us is a consumer in this world. We are consuming products and services all day long. We are being served messaging. We are receiving messaging. We are being uh, promoted to, I think the quote now is that we are seeing uh, some form of advertisement like 7,000 times a day. There's like 7,000 things that run across your eyeball that's promoting something to you. And so no matter where you're at, uh, consumer, uh, business, brand, personal, corporate, uh, these are the things that I want you to apply from this. First and foremost, authenticity is so important when it comes to your brand. When I'm talking about using emotion to serve your business, we can't be putting lipstick on a pig. We can't say we're fun, authentic, real if we're not. We can't be professional if we're not going to actually be professional. We can't claim that we are innovative if we're copying the competition. We can't claim to be sustainable if we aren't. So you need to truly be authentic in the way that you present who you are and not only be authentic to that, but be consistent and cohesive internally and externally with that authenticity. So that's one thing you can make sure you're doing. And um, the second thing is, remember I talked about asking people to leave their feelings at the door we need to stop trying to dehumanize business and we need to bring in that humanization of business. Um, Google, Google's such a friend to me. Um, I, pulled, I pulled up this little statement and I thought it was worth reading. Humanizing your brand means giving it a real, authentic personality that people, your customers, can connect with. People want to do business with other people and humanizing your brand helps you forge more meaningful relationships. Is your brand lighthearted and easygoing, right? Recognize that your brand has a personality just like you as a human has a personality and just like your consumers has a personality. And so the sooner you can humanize your brand um, in an authentic way and honor humans as emotions and honor the emotions that humans have, both as team members that you hire and leads that you attract and clients that you maintain and serve, the more fruits of your labor, labor you will see, 
the more revenue increase you will see. Forbes has an amazing stat that says the more consistent and cohesive your brand is, the, the more likely you will see an increase in revenue. And that is because those who do that branding are so in alignment with their authenticity and humanizing their brand. So with that, I hope you guys got some good stuff. I'm sure you did. Please like this podcast or this, uh, yes, like this podcast on all the podcast platforms that you may be listening to. Please give it a like, rate and review. And most importantly, for those of you who have business owners in your life, um, please share this episode because I really know that this is the unspoken conversations that business owners need to hear to push past whatever struggle they're having with growing their business. I just truly believe that. All right. Thank you so much. And um, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Passion on Purpose podcast. I truly hope you got a lot of value out of this episode. So if you did, please rate, review, and share. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, whether a leader or an expert, please go to getvim.com forward slash podcast and you will find our application page or reach out to me directly and I can give you more information. 